Well, we are uh, continuing, as I said, in our series, Family Strong. And today, um, the fifth part of this, fifth week of the series, we're going to call talk about next generation success. If you've got a Bible in front of you, we'd like you to find Proverbs chapter 22. We'll read that in just a moment. Proverbs 22, verses 1 through 10. It's a pretty exciting moment this morning when we can recognize our our uh, young people in all these transitions, whether it's the little ones moving from one class to the next in Sunday school or our, our high school students, post-grad students. Um, these are these are important times. They, they all these folks, you know, achieve something not by accident or luck or, or happenstance. Um, some got, you know, some did, you know, some of you are like. 4.0 is all the way through. Some of you kind of squeak by, but you did it. You did it. All right, so they got through it, but what now? You know, what's, what's next? A great start is excellent, but the real success is, is to run the whole race and to finish well, right? You, you grads, you're at the start of your race. You're, you're out of the blocks. You're on your feet. You're, you're moving, right? But can you convert all your knowledge into wisdom? So that you run your whole race successfully. We're going to read Proverbs um, chapter 22. It's got some help for us in there. And if you've got a Bible, I'd like you to find that. Uh, and then once you found that, why don't you stand to your feet for the reading of God's word. Proverbs chapter 22, starting at verse 1. Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. If you get that alone, you've got gold. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Verse 5. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant or slave to the lender. Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster and their reign of terror will come to an end. Verse 9. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Thank the Lord for his word. Let's be seated together. As in this passage, particularly, you know, verses 3 and uh, 5 and 6, the Bible often uses a metaphor of walking or of a path or of a trail or of a race, you know, some kind of movement, foot movement, it, to reference the way, to reference the life that we live. Every one of us makes a choice of the way that we will go, the path we will walk, the race We will run. It's no accident that Jesus declared this. And let's read this verse together on the screens. Ready? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus is the way. The gospel message is this. We we cannot, you cannot 
find your own way to God the Father. You cannot do it, no matter how good you are, no matter how hard you try, how well you behave, it's not ever going to happen. Jesus, and the reason why is this, the way to God is not a method, the way to God is a person. Jesus is the way. Jesus doesn't point to the way. Jesus isn't just a good example to follow. Jesus is the way. He, he went ahead of us on a path of humility and suffering so that when you by faith choose to be in Christ, in Christ, right, you are taking the one and only way to God the Father because of what Jesus did on your behalf at the cross. So you are in Christ and therefore you are in the way. You can't find it or do it on your own. It's only in Jesus. Scripture then is all about showing us how to get into the way, right? And how to lead others into the way. Verse 6, I want to make a couple of comments about verse 6 because it's probably, it's certainly the best known verse in this passage. And it has been a source of both, of, of comfort and discouragement or confusion to some parents. And so I want to make a comment about it. Let's look at that again on screen. Uh, read it with me. Ready? Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Some of you remember, memorize this as, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, is this an ironclad promise? That if you put your child in Awana, and Sunday school, and youth group, that they will for sure continue to follow Jesus? Well, no, you know that's not true because you've seen it yourself. God does not force anyone to follow him against his will. Okay, so why is this here? If, is this a false promise? Well, no, it's not that either. We've got to remember that the Proverbs are not promises as much as they are observations of generally true principles. Things that are usually true. Um, people have gone through all kinds of mental and dogmatic you know, theological gymnastics to try to explain this particular verse. But taken in the context, it refers to this wide principle of training young people, right, for wise and prudent living. Those of you who just finished at a Clovis school will have been raised in hearing things like character counts, right? Well, that's the kind of wide sense. So generally speaking, if children are raised well and directed in a good vocational path, They'll be all right. They're going to be fine. But not always. Right? If you show them Jesus, which is not the same as memorizing Bible verses, as awesome as that is, if you show them Jesus himself, they will likely choose to follow Jesus. But it's not a guarantee. And even God's own chosen children, right? The people of Israel did not stay on the path faithfully. They... And that's why finally Jesus had, I mean, God came up with a solution of sending Jesus to come and to perfectly obey the law for us on our behalf so that we could take the right way to Christ. God accomplished that in Christ for us. The emphasis of verse 6 is that as a community and as parents, we have an obligation and a responsibility to train our children in the right way. The common kind of notion of, well, we'll just I'm just going to let my kids choose their own way, choose for themselves, is partly true. Right? It's partly true. My children will choose for themselves the way to go. But I want them to choose the way of truth. 
So that's why for the past 20 years, you know, we've exposed them to truth. Uh, And if I've done that and they still choose to leave the right path, that does not mean I'm a failure. Nor are you. Some of you who are living with that burden right now of, of, of your kids not necessarily following Jesus. Here's what you've got to remember. God loves your kids more than you do. He really does. And he, even He lets them make their own choices, for better or for worse. We have to settle that. So, I, I just want to make those comments about that verse. So, this morning we're going to stay on this metaphor of the way or the path, the trail, to help us understand how to choose the way of Jesus and how to lead others to do the same. Plus, it's summertime and, you know, we, some of us like to get out and do a little hiking, so we're going to kind of use that, that image. Alright, so if you're going to go hiking, the obvious first step is what? Find the trailhead, right? Find the start of the trail. Uh, if you're following in your outline, that's the first point. You figure out your starting point, maybe mark your GPS if, if you hike with one of those. You find the trailhead. Now, what does that mean here in this, in this context or in this passage? Look at verse 2 again. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. In this whole section of ten verses that we read, the writer is giving us this reality check that no matter who you are, no matter what resources you have or don't have, no matter your age, no matter your station in life, whether a lender or a borrower or just, you know, whether you're just or unjust, whether you're simple, wise, or wicked, we all have the same starting point. The Lord God made you, created you. And I know this has been coming out a lot lately in these messages, but i got to tell you again, you are not simply a random accident of the the cosmos. You didn't just rise up out of some primordial soup and da-da, you end up the marvelous specimen that you are. You're not an accident. You are made by God. Created. That's your trailhead, your starting point. And, and, and particularly in the case of, of rich or poor, which is what this reference is, this reminds us that you're on level ground before God, your maker. Money or the lack of it makes you neither wise nor foolish. Now, some wisdom may have helped you accumulate wealth, but it's not what makes you wise. You're not better for your wealth. You're not worse for your poverty. And vice versa, you're not better if you're poor or worse if you're rich. We have, we're on this level field in front of God. The Lord God made us all, no matter who we are. That's the trailhead. That's the starting point of your life. If you can't get that, nothing else is really going to fit. Nothing else is going to finally make sense. God made you. Okay, that's the start. So how else do we, um, how else do we do this? Look with me again at verses like three and following. Verse three, you know, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. Uh, the simpleton goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Corrupt people walk a thorny and treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid that path. Verse eight, those who plant injustice will harvest disaster at the, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Nine, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Verse 10, throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. How else do we go on a good hike? Once we've set our trailhead, once we understand that God made you, that you have a purpose, that your identity is not in what you do, but in who you are loved by God. Once you get that settled, what's next? 
Well, you've got to dress appropriately. Choose good companions. Dress appropriately and choose good companions. If you're going to go on a hike, how you dress is important. Is it going to be hot up there? Is it going to be cold? Um, uh, someone was telling me after the first service, they did the Glacier Point Trail in Yosemite, uh, in Yosemite last week. And then she said it was so cold. We were in down parkas. And then now this week, they were back up yesterday. It was hot, blazing hot. you got to know how you're going to dress. you got to do that appropriately. Maybe the trail is easy enough. You can do it in flip-flops. Maybe you, maybe you need hiking boots. You know, I don't know what, what what's it going to be in life. Then, what does it mean to dress well for the trail? How do you how do you dress appropriately? Look at verse four. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. True humility. What does does that remind you? That might have might remind you of something you may have read some point in the New Testament. Something you may have stumbled on. Um, the Apostle Peter wrote something. Let's read this one together. Ready? Go. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's what Peter wrote. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Colossians. Ready? Read with me. Go. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Now, those clothes aren't even in your closet if you're not in Christ. They're, they're not even in your wardrobe. And, and Jesus is your true trail companion. But we can be wise when we trust in Him. When you're in Christ, you can have those kind of qualities. You can be wise. We, we therefore choose humility over arrogance. And we choose to serve others rather than serving ourselves or to be served by others. Proverbs um, it's 22, 8 and 9, right? It, says, it talks about injustice. You know, we, it teaches us to dress in the clothing of justice and generosity. We dress appropriately for the trail. Now, you need good companions as well. Friends who are going to help you stay on the right path, help you keep moving, get you through when you're tired or when you have a difficult uh, you know, path ahead of you, difficult obstacles you've got to face. I think I've told you before of a... Of, a, of the time in, in high school when some buddies and I went hiking and, um, you know, we got lost in the woods because a couple of them insisted on leaving the trail in search of a shortcut. Um, that was a miserable experience uh, because of where we ended up in these horrible thorns and thickets. And um, th- those, those were not good companions, kind of idiotic uh, d- uh, companions. Um, you need good companions. Last year, Becky and I walked uh, the trail. Now, I, those of you, um, by now you figure out, I, I really like Kings Canyon and Sequoia Parks. I prefer those over Yosemite. But if you drive the Highway 180 into the park and go all the way to Road's End in Kings Canyon Park, there's a place called Roaring River Falls. Anybody know, know what that is? Ever seen that? It's, it's rushing really nicely right now, actually. And then if you go a little further, there's a place called Zumwalt Meadow. Anybody? Well, there's a path that goes between, you know, so it should be a pretty easy path, it just goes kind of along from the one to the other. Well, Becky and I took that last year, and um, what we didn't realize is that it was nearly impassable because so many, so much deadfall. All the trees were just across the trail, and and uh, you know we made it through climbing over tree trunks and finding new trails around and stuff. And a few times, like okay, I, somewhere at least we're heading in the right direction. I needed a I needed a companion on that trail to to get us through. We 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 needed each other. To make that journey, you need to choose good companions for your trail. Well, 
What does this passage have to say about companions? Well, again, those same verses. Verse 3 says a prudent um, person foresees danger and takes precautions. It's warning us to be prudent and not to be a simpleton, to be a fool who ignores danger. Oh, I, I, I looked yesterday. I was going to show you some pictures of, of people who've died taking selfies. Those are not prudent people, the who, not people who are conscious of danger. They say since 2014, something like, I don't know what it was, 35 people or something they think have died doing selfies. Now, I've got to say they are some pretty amazing pictures. <laughs> considering it's the last picture they ever took. But um, that's a foolish thing, right? You ignore danger. Verse 5 warns us of corrupt people. Verse 7 warns us that putting ourselves in debt enslaves us. Verse 8 teaches that the unjust have disaster coming. So don't stand near an unjust person, an unmerciful person, because disaster is coming on them. Don't get caught up in that. Verse 9 praises the generous person. Verse 10 tells us to throw out argumentative and critical people in our lives. That's a pretty serious instruction. If you've got argumentative and critical people in their life, you don't need that kind of negativity, as we like to say. Because you want to experience peace. Author Henry Cloud has pointed out in the Proverbs, there's really just three kinds of people, or three types of people. The wise, the foolish, and the wicked. The wise person, you know, that's the person that can be corrected. They're teachable. Uh, they, they don't mind taking instruction. They're humble. They're generous. And they're just. That's the wise person. That's kind of the ideal that Proverbs gives to us. Then there's the foolish person. The foolish person... You know, they're, they're proud, they're not teachable, they're, in, they're not intentionally harmful, but their imprudence or their dumb decisions lead to harmful consequences. So that's wise and then that's foolish. Don't be the foolish person. And then there's a third one that Proverbs talks about. That's the wicked person. The wicked person is incorrigible. They, they intentionally do harm to others through corruption, through injustice, through arrogance. They, they love to bring harm to other people. So that's wicked. Wise, foolish, and wicked. Here's the question. What kind of companions are you walking with? What kind of companions are you walking with? And remember, you need companions. You need help on this journey. Or, what kind of companion are you to other people? Wise, foolish, or wicked? We have a choice. So, choose your companions. And then, you know, how are you dressed? Are you dressed in humility, justice, peace, generosity? Now, there's more to hiking than just finding the trail and getting dressed and finding good companions. Actually, you need to what? Start hiking, start moving, right? You gotta get, get onto the trail, get onto the path. But every path has some risk, there's some danger, and you need to maintain an awareness of those dangers. Maybe in unstable places on the trail, rattlesnakes, I've seen that, maybe rapid streams, you wanna be careful not to fall into that. You're gonna be fine as long as you pay attention and are alert to those pitfalls. So we would say like this, stay alert and avoid danger. Stay alert and avoid Danger. Proverbs 22 also gives us warnings. Now, the difference in life's journeys versus, say, a hike in Yosemite or Kings Canyon or whatever is that the obstacles on the trail in life's journey are obstacles of our own making. They're trouble that we, we create ourselves. Um, you know, verse 5 says, Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it, meaning that road. Again, verse 7 reminds us the borrower is a servant. 
or a slave to the lender. Verse 10 again reminds us or warns us against quarrelsome and argumentative people. And, and then cautions us against becoming like that. Don't, don't be a quarrelsome, argumentative person. That's, a, that's, a, that's kind of the role of the foolish person. So, in other words, the troubles in our path are often of our own making. One of the ways we can raise up the next generations right, in the way of Jesus is by teaching them the perils of dishonesty and, and the rewards or benefits of integrity. We can help them by teaching them to manage money well and to stay out of debt as much as possible. And yes, and this is un-American to even say this, but I'm including student debt and auto debt. If you can stay out of debt, um, your pat- it's not a sin to borrow, but it does make your trail harder to walk when you carry that burden with you. More than, more than anything, we do well to train ourselves to consider the consequences of our steps. Right? It's like, Okay, I'm, I'm heading in this direction. Oh, where does this, you know, look up and see where does this land? What's the end result of this fantasy that I'm having or this, this behavior that I'm exhibiting? Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever met someone who, you know, who's like, you know, just creates a lot of drama in their life and, and then just makes excuses about it. So, well, that's just the way I am. Maybe they're super stubborn and like, well, that's just how I am. Well, you don't actually have to be that way. You can change. Because if you continue in that trail, where is it going to lead you? They, they, they need to know that in Christ, you don't have to be that way, creating trail troubles. I learned this week of a couple I knew in the past um, who recently divorced. And it broke my heart because they're believers. Both, both know Jesus, right? But both strong-willed and driven and unbending. And they walk their path without thinking about where their path was taking them, what the end result of that would be. And verse, verse 3 sums it up so well. A, a prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. Oh, wait, if I keep doing this, right? the simpleton goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. So I, I would just say this, you know, consider your own behavior. Look up once in a while. Look, look around. Ask you're, the people are, that are closest to you, hey, how, you know, how am I doing? Am, am, I, am I being imprudent? Am I being, you know, what, how's my behavior coming across? Look up and look at your, look at your trail. If you, if you keep doing what you're doing and the way you've been doing it, I promise you, you'll get more and more of what you've been, already been getting. That's a, a pretty simple conclusion. And so the question is, are you okay with what you've already been getting? Because if you keep going, you're going to get more of that. As long as you're okay with that, I guess you can keep going. But if you want it to be different, you have to change. And nothing changes until you change. Don't wait for some marvelous, miraculous thing to happen. Suddenly everything's going to be better. Nothing changes. And, And you change by recognizing, by being in Christ and learning to walk in His way. So, find your trail Wear the right clothes, get good companions, you know, be aware and alert of danger. And the last one, and, and the reward of any good trail is that you get to share the view. You share the view. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere like just really gorgeous, spectacular, right? And you just want to turn to the person next to you and just say, oh, isn't this awesome? Um, several years ago, Becky and I and the boys, we went to the Grand Canyon. I remember just, I'd heard about the Grand Canyon and I, 
you get out of your car and you walk to the edge, you go, oh, it's a Grand Canyon. This is, how many have been in the Grand Canyon? I, I just think you need to go there sometime. You're like, oh, wow. And you, you want to turn, you know, you say, isn't this amazing? It's incredible, right? You, you, you take a picture or, or if you're alone or, you know, under 30, you take a selfie and you post it on Instagram. And um, the point is, you, you, you know, you want to share the experience. What you realize is we wanted to see a picture of the canyon. We didn't necessarily want to see you, but that's okay. You're having a great time and we're excited for you. You're sharing that experience. I wonder if you've you know, ever been somewhere spectacular like that in your own life. Somewhere, like something good that God has done in your life. Some, some breakthrough moment. You, you want to share that. The, the, the fill-in word in your outline is view, right? But the, really, the emphasis here is share. Share the view. Uh, the, the kind of person you want to be, the kind of person that's going to lead others into the way of Christ is one who shares what God's done, what God's blessed you with, right? When you're in Christ, when you're walking His way, you have an outlook of active generosity. Like you're actively generous. And you, you have genuine peace. Remember, instead of quarreling and, and, and criticism, you, you're actively peaceful and you share that into people's lives. Verse 10, again, 9 and 10. Right? Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Throw up the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. That's generosity and that's peace. You need those in your life. And as a follower... Of Jesus, in the way of Jesus' salvation, in Christ, you can be the one to bring generosity and peace into every circumstance. You can do it. Friend, I, I don't really just... I'm not here to try to make you into a, a nicer, you know, better, harder working Christian person. That's really not my interest at all. Because your very best efforts fall Far short of the way. But the secrets and clues in these verses and others can equip you for the journey when you are in Christ. Jesus walked the path of suffering and sacrifice for you. He's already walked it. Jesus endured the way of treachery for you. He's already endured it and suffered it. Jesus obeyed the law for you, so it's perfectly satisfied. Jesus is the way for you. He is the way in which you can direct others when you are in Him. Jesus made that way. All this trail, all this talk of a path, it's in Christ. When you put your trust in Him, when you start with this trail yet of understanding, I'm made by God. That's the, that's the, that's the starting point. And I'm going to dress appropriately in humility and generosity and justice. And I'm going to choose wise companions that are, are, are going to bring peace and generosity into my life as well. Right? I'm going to watch out for troubles on the path of my own making. But I'm going to ultimately get to share the view with others. So they can experience that as well. That's how we're going to help our upcoming generations live in success those qualities. Let's pray together.